Today we're talking about some of the mistakes that you, I and beginner photographers do in photography and how we can fix them. Right, so let's get on and start with the first one, which is be background conscious, which basically means that, let's give you an example. If you're taking a picture of a person, say a family member or your girlfriend or something whilst you're on holiday, you notice that there is a fantastic beach and by those beaches you see some trees and you think to yourself, okay, let's take a picture of said person standing on the beach and then with the trees behind them. But once you've taken the photo, you realize that the tree has started growing outside her head because you or themselves had placed themselves in the wrong area and it has ruined the photo. You could possibly, after taking the picture, um, put it on your computer and then use Lightroom to remove said tree, but that may look odd. Um, so you may have to move that person around until the background is perfectly set so that it, the tree isn't growing out her head or if you've got a mountain that the mountain doesn't come out their head or out of their sides or or it doesn't even have to be a person say you're taking a picture of a dog um and you've realized that you can see a bit of a fence when it was just meant to be grass and all this jazz so it's just making sure that you have a good background and not just pay attention to the foreground which is what most people do Now we move on to our second mistake that some people do and a lot of beginning photographers mainly will be using auto which is the setting on your camera which sets the ISO, the color, color balance, the white balance and the aperture all for you. Now one big tip will be learning how to get out of auto which we may do in another podcast but for now i'd suggest going to fronosphotos.com uh slash videos i think it is i'll put the link in the in the in the show notes um but they're the best ones to teach you how to get out of auto they are paid for videos but i think they're worth paying for anyway back to what i was talking about so getting out of auto so learning how um av works aperture mode or tv which is uh the setting the iso and 
or manual mode where you can set both. And by doing this, you can choose with your camera how much light is going in, how much of a shutter speed you need, and you can change that for your circumstances because in certain circumstances, auto mode may see one factor which it will try and compensate with the rest of the settings which may be incorrect because you may or may not be using a flash you may or may not be using a filter you may or may not be using a light meter uh, or a, or a uh, and all that jazz and depending on the lens you're using so sometimes it's better to come out of the auto and do it yourself. Most of the time, I use TV, set that, and then it sets the shut it, uh, and it sets the I the aperture for me. Um, sometimes it's handy to do it the other way around. My father likes to use AV, and then the ISO is set for you. Um, and then you and then some people like to do manual where they do it all themselves so again come out of the auto which will improve your photos and help you to improve overall now for our third one we're going to be talking color and i'm talking being careful with color in two different aspects i'm going to be talking about when you're shooting and when you're editing now being careful with color uh, when you're taking a photo try and this is something that i follow now most people don't because like i said in how instagram changed photography there are some accounts that try to do one color mainly white which can look good if you know what you're doing but me when i'm shooting i try to have a varied color scheme this meaning that there isn't too much of one color so your brain when looking at the photo focuses on that one color now um that's good when shooting but when you get into editing now, I'm going to use Lightroom, for example, because it's the program I use and it's the most popular. Now, when you get your photo into Lightroom, you will have your light settings. So when you get in there to help with color, when so say like you shot in sunlight, you shot in auto, all of that should also be sorted on the back of your camera first before you shoot. So one suggestion and i don't do this often myself which i should if you know it's going to be a sunny day set your camera to sunlight if you know it's going to be sunny but cloudy set your camera to that if you know it's going to be nighttime again set your camera to that or if it's going to be dark set your camera to that um, and then when you get into Lightroom, one of the first things you do now in Lightroom it will automatically have for your white balance auto change that to what setting you had at the back of your camera so then that is synced so it knows that you shot that in daylight you shot that in cloud you shot that at night dark time or in a dark area 
and then you go down to your hues now this isn't what it's called but it's just how i remember it and this is the color adjustment now when you're editing your photos some people like to make the image image color pop now in some aspects and in some pictures that will work now when you're editing in lightroom you're gonna have to work out for yourself if making the colors very very strong popping out the colors is what it's called um or what i call it anyway um can look good but in most cases and this is most cases you only want to bunk the color up ever so slightly on the colors that are dull so on the colors that are dull you want to bunk bunk them up ever so slightly so they don't look dull but not too much that they look poppy then with the bright colors the popped colors you then want to slightly bring them down so they don't look over popped so that the colors in your image look equal now you always want the colors in your images to look equal and this is because you <clears throat> by having them equal you don't have to worry about someone looking at the image seeing one color and thinking that it is too green too white too gray too orange da 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 the only time that doesn't matter is when you're doing black and white you don't want to have the white's too bright or the black's too dark you want to kind of equal them out in black and white as well now we move on to our fourth subject which is shoot in raw now i did an episode jpeg versus raw if you head over to that one that one will explain to you what raw is and why you should use it but the reason why you'd shoot in raw is because uh j for example jpeg squishes the information that you are putting into the photo so when you take it you lose some information in that picture and by losing that information when you get it onto again i'm going to use lightroom when you get it onto places like lightroom you can lose uh, some editing techniques because you don't have the full image there what it will have in a jpeg which is what the other format that most cameras shoot in you will um, lose things like what lens you used, what camera you used, and certain settings. Now, I say certain settings because some cameras will add different settings that others won't. But when you shoot in RAW, you will have what lens you used, what camera you used, if you used a flash, if you set the white balance, if you set the aperture, the ISO, and all this jazz. So once you get it into Lightroom, 
the program will know what you shot with. So if you go down to lens correction, you will be able to set the lens. Now I, your lens may or may not be on there, but they have got all the major lenses listed and some I've never even heard of. Um, so it should be there, but if it isn't, uh, write to them and they'll add it. Um, but basically you can go down to lens correction and put in your lens so that the image you've taken isn't curved. Now, what happens is when you take an image, the picture gets curved because of the sensor in the camera. But once you tell Lightroom what lens you used, it will work that out and take out any curves in the image, which, for example, most times if you're very good at um, straightening your photos when you take them, will dramatically straighten your photos so you don't have to use the straighten tool a lot. And again, this helps with the hues, this helps with the colour popping and all this jazz. Now, lenses are very important when it comes to shooting. When you shoot a person and you're doing it professionally, and I'm talking for a portrait or for a fashion shoot, you will want to use a 50 millimeter. A 50 millimeter 2.8. Now, the reason for this is because they can get up really close to the person and give really fine detail in the image for a portrait because it allows more detail of the person and blurs out the background <coughs> a lot more, gives you that bokeh effect as they call it. Um, and then let's go to the other end Say you're going to be taking pictures of um, animals, especially birds. You will want a 400 millimeter lens. Now, the reason for this will be that because the animal may be so far away and you don't want to scare it off, but still be able to get close enough that you can take a decent enough picture, then that's what you would use for that. So there's two examples from really, really short to really long that choosing your um, the correct lens for what you're trying to take. For example, I use a Tamron 18 to 270 and this allows me to be in the mid range of everything without having to change my lenses over all the time. The only downside to that lens is that once you start getting to its higher range for the photos it's not so good but the lower range is superb so again it all depends on the lens that you want to use or the lens that you should be using for different situations Overexposing your image is not a good thing because 
you have let too much light into your image um, and that it's it's too bright which means that you have put the wrong settings on your camera now there are apps out there that can help you suss out what um, settings you will need for certain light conditions but they're pre-set what I would suggest and something that I have used in the past which I thought was very handy is something called a light meter what a light meter does is you turn it on and it measures how much light goes into your um, is, a, is around you sorry and then that then tells you what settings you will need on your camera now it's they're never exact but they're more accurate than using an app on your phone which will have predetermined settings for different light conditions whereas that because it can sense the light condition you're actually in is slightly more accurate but never perfect because some sensors are different to others some let in more light than others for example full framed len um, sensors against normal sensors and all that jazz really affect the light so try not to overexpose your images and not ruin the moment with too much light and missing the moment. Now I said in the last episode about moment and there was a reason behind that because capturing the moment is very important. Now as a good photographer you can predict a moment is about to happen and shoot it as it happens. Now shooting it when it happens is is bad because you miss the beginning of the moment which may be the most important part of the moment as that moment is forming sometimes makes a better image than the moment ending even if it's a slight second or a slight minute or something like that for example your child's birthday they're about to blow out the candle for their fifth birthday you want to get them blowing out that candle so you've got to be able to sit there figure out the exact moment when they're about to blow on the candle so you get the candle just going out as they're blowing on it which makes for a better image than the candles already gone out and they're looking at you or already sitting up looking away you want it at the exact moment so being able to and there was a phrase that i've heard before and this isn't going to be the exact phrase but this is just how I remember the phrase it's do not shoot the moment shoot the moment before and that seems very important now taking a 
safe and obvious photograph. Now, taking something that everybody else has taken and is plainly obvious makes a photo boring because it's not something, it's some, well, I say not something, it is something that you have seen before, which will make people look at the photo and think to, it's, to themselves, oh, this isn't very interesting. I've seen this before. This isn't very interesting. It's something that happens all the time. This isn't very interesting. It's literally just a selfie of you standing in the middle of the street or a selfie of you um, in a nightclub. Pretty boring. But then if you take something that isn't obvious, for example, um, changing angles in your photo. Now, I'm going to set put a link to a gallery on my website. Uh, and if you head over there, you can see my pictures of London and how I used angles to take some fantastic photos. Now, the other interesting thing you can do is, is get up late or get up early and try and capture the what they call the golden hour, which is um, the sun coming up or the sun going down, which again is what we did in London that day with those photos. Now, the reason why I say that is because by changing your light, because it's safe if you do it during the day with loads of sunlight, but if you change the, the light to the golden hour, that again makes a photo interesting because not, mo uh, because not many people will get up early or stay up late and go shooting to capture the best sunlight that isn't a fantastic day in the sun that isn't cloudy. Now this one mainly comes down to you and Lightroom and that is using presets. Now the reason I bring this bit up is because presets are very important because it allows you to save a style of a preset that you have previously used and by using it over and over and over again and not using a generic one that you found off the internet or brought off the internet, but making one of your own makes your images you. Now they may look similar to somebody else's style that you've seen, but by making it yourself, you ever so slightly differ the preset that basically then makes the image you and it brings out a style that you want to capture and you want to show to the rest of the world. So presets are very important because they are the main reason you are a better photographer because you have you have edited that picture in your style and used that style for different pictures over and over and over again. Now, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode. 
I hope that the information that I have provided to you has been useful. And if it has, I hope that you will head over to patreon.com slash be it me not you pod that's patreon.com slash be it me not you pod where you can get the show notes for every episode and be able to support me and get a day early access to the podcast with a unique audio rss feed that only you can have because you are a patreon of this podcast I thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hit me up on Twitter at Be It Me Not You, on Facebook at Be It Me Not You Pod. Email me at Be It Me Not You at gmail.com. Or you can also send us voicemails by heading over to anchor.fm slash be it's me not you and download the anchor app to send us a message or you can send us a message on our phone line 0844-351-0105 that's 0844-351-0105 leave your voicemail that will come to my email and that can be heard on the next episode or any other episodes of the Be It Me Not You Photography Podcast. I've been Michael John Burgess. I hope you enjoyed and I shall see you guys in the next one. Goodbye for now.